Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. And we have got Fluently Forward favorite on the freaking podcast, Jenny from the Red Room Podcast. Welcome back. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I mean, I feel it's been so long, but sometimes because I listen to your podcast, I feel like it hasn't been that long. You know what I mean? Because like you're in my ears every week anyway, <laughs> that old parasocial relationship. But uh, yeah. yeah, all good. All good. No, same here. I, li- I listen to yours and obviously your Patreon. You have such good episodes. You just dropped one about what was it? Doppelgangers and like yeah. shadow people on your yeah. Patreon. I don't know how you do it because we always talk because you've come on here for so many conspiracy episodes. We've done Aliens. We've done Nixium. We've mm-hmm. done Epstein and Ghislaine. We've done Billionaire Blind Items. Um, and you and I talk sometimes that like conspiracy both conspiracy theories and blind items they're so fun because there's so many of them Mm -hmm. but then you kind of start to run out after a bit and you don't want to lean into the weird angle of it yeah but you do such a great job of bringing in like mythology and history so like the items never run out like doppelgangers and shadow people I'm so into that I know. Oh my God. My yeah. dog just ran into the room. Sorry. I just got such a fright. I was like, when you said shadow a people, shadow person. if you look back at that video, a small black Pomeranian just jumped up in the air. I got the fright of my life. She always does yeah. it. But yeah, I know it is. I love to bring in mythology and stuff like that because I like to think of like mythology as like, you know, ancient conspiracy theories because it was ways of like warding off people like and, you know, making people afraid of things that they in more of a like protective way. Um, but it was also obviously like kind of like gossip because it was the ways that people would tell stories to everything. And um, I study classics, so I always have a bit of an interest in it. So, uh, yeah, you do, you, you could, what, I always think that like, just when I think I've run out of ideas, something else will come up, you know? So thankfully yes. three, year, three years later, there's still plenty more. And you're right. Like you also, you have to be careful. Like I said to my husband a while ago, I was like, if I wanted to be one of those like crazy conspiracy people, I'd be a millionaire because if you go down that terrible rabbit hole, uh, where you want to make people really afraid and whatever else uh you can cash in but I try and do things morally and ethically you know yeah no but you know what that is our crux I think all the time like dude if only I was a right winger like Ben Shapiro and like all those conservatives yeah like they talk all the time about like satanic Hollywood I'm like there's such a niche for me if I had no morals I could just dive into that and make a killing but you know it's our backup plan (laughs) I know I know exactly if you ever see me go down that road you know just know that like maybe the interest rates went up my mortgage or something because (laughs) 100% well I mean this is basically our Super Bowl and I'd love to get your opinion because everybody started tagging me and I'm sure of course you when all of these rumors were coming out that Epstein names are coming out the client list is going to be dropped and I guess I had kind of just felt a little bit jaded I was like Mm -hmm. we're not going to be getting that and we kind of didn't get that like we've gotten 900 pages we're going to be getting more but it wasn't like a list of names pointing mm. to people so what were kind of your thoughts before and after these new Epstein documents were done? yeah I, I was kind of I was confused because people kept saying it was going to be this list of names as you said and like as it but I was kind of like okay his flight logs are already like I've read them I've read mm-hmm. his like little black book obviously there's redacted names but I didn't really understand what like the motive would be to unseal like names with zero context so when I heard then that it was about um Virginia Jeffrey's uh lawsuit it made more sense I guess it gave it more context when I read through the art the documents there was really nothing 
I felt like there was maybe more context given and a little bit more, if you really want to dive in like you and I have and like read the documents, there are some more nuggets in there that you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of crazy. But there's nothing really that's that mind blowing about it. I think overall it's good. It's good that it's been unsealed and and there was no reason for like certain names to be redacted really um i'm sure people like kate blanchett and stuff are having a fucking nightmare because their name <laughs> they're like why did you mention me you know because mm-hmm. with them it's almost like um a streisand effect you know because like he's like do you know kate blanchett and the uh was i can't remember which uh victim it was but she was just like no and that was it so you know there is that kind of streisand effect of now people are like well why was she even mentioned in the first place was it just this mm-hmm. whole you know uh name dropping thing which we'll get into but I was I think it's good I think I think no matter what when things get like undisclosed or unsealed like it's always a net positive um but yeah there was nothing really in it that blew my mind so to say you know yeah I mean I think the biggest positive is that it's back in the zeitgeist and everybody's mm-hmm. talking about it right mm-hmm. now and of course there's some negatives to that as well because you have some people going full fucking ass crazy about this and like we'll talk about some of the misinformation that's come out about mm-hmm. all of this uh but it is good just because I don't under, like, you and I have been obsessed with the Epstein case. And I feel like, you know, folks who listen to our podcasts also become obsessed with it because once you hear about it, how can you not be? Like, there was a billionaire pervert pedophile who had a molestation island and princes and Stephen Hawking and Bill Gates and like Elon Musk, like he had connections to every single person. Trump, Clinton, two former U.S. presidents were like talking to him on the phone, hanging out with him, flying on a plane with him. I'm not going to say both of them were like, you know, full on diddling or whatever, but Mm -hmm. this guy was everywhere. And uh, what we're going to talk about in the episode, too, is not only was he a pedophile, Not only was he a trafficker, he was also a blackmailer and a spy. And I feel like everyone's pointing fingers to, oh my God, was it Jimmy Kimmel? But what we're not talking about is the fact that Jeffrey Epstein was a blackmailer spy. So this just goes so deep. And uh, I don't know. It's just like there was a molestation island. Like it's fucking crazy. So I I think it's almost one of those things that it is so crazy that the reason that it almost falls off of the news cycle or that people almost... Like there's two sides of it. Like there are loads of people obviously who like talk about Jeffrey Epstein and like the fact that any of this happened is kind of not, it's very hard to comprehend, I guess, that it happened without anyone um, knowing about it, that he had so many A-list like connections, but it's almost become like a certain meme to an extent because it was, it's so out of, it's just out of like a conspiracy lore handbook or something. It's very hard to I don't want to say take seriously because obviously it's very easy to take seriously when the allegations and what have, has come to light that is true have been proven to be true and that's easy to take seriously but like some of the other stuff is very hard to take seriously like his weird art collection like the temple like we're going to speak about on the island and the fact that he you know nicknamed his plane the Lolita Express it's kind of like was this written by SNL or something like it, it just seems a little yeah. hokey or something but it's it's almost like it was so in plain sight. It's like, how the hell did people not see it did or see did this? people see it? Yeah, but this happens with everyone, right? Like they, yeah. their name turns into a verb where it's like, oh, you got Cosby'd, you mm-hmm, got Weinstein'd, mm-hmm, you got mm-hmm. Epstein'd. And, you know, people kind of start to make memes about it. And some of the memes, right, it's like, oh, people, when they find out they're on Epstein's list, like some of it is kind of funny, but it's always hard because you, you don't want to blur that line between not yeah. taking something seriously. Mm-hmm. And... um. 
And just I don't like, know, desensitizing that's why, people yeah. to it, I think, is the biggest thing. And we've all been desensitized mm-hmm. to it, you know, like the internet as a machine just does desensitize you to pretty much everything. And unfortunately, this is one of those things. And people will use humor to process horrific things and I don't think people should be like obviously demonized for that but like at the same time sometimes you are like oh god like am I like all of his victims are pretty much still alive and they've Mm. gone through hell the past few years should they be the people that are only allowed joke better I don't know um it it can it's a weird kind of gray area but um you know I won't lie have I giggled at the odd meme on tiktok (laughs) it's hard not to those people are very funny God, especially when Stephen Hawking got involved, like it just took memes to a whole new fucking level. Yeah, but it's just the absurdity. It's absolutely absurd. But, you know, I want us to dive into like a few specific things because I feel like a lot of people have talked about aspects of this case, but they're not talking about all aspects of it as deeply as I want. So today we're going to cover... Jeffrey Epstein as a spy and his connections to both the CIA, which is U.S. intelligence, and Mossad, which is Israeli intelligence. Then we're going to talk about the goddamn temple and all of the weird statues and artwork that was on that island. And we're going to talk about it in a reasonable way because I don't want to sound like a QAnon weirdo, but I'm sorry. What the fuck was that temple doing on his island? And why don't we have an answer for it like 10 years down the line? And then we're going to talk a little bit about... um, the victim slash villains. So there were a lot of these girls, Sarah, Emmy, um, Nadia, I think there was like another girl too, who were kind of described as Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriends or Ghislaine Maxwell's assistant, but they would also join in on the sexual abuse, but they also weren't exactly, you know, the bottom. It was almost like there was a pyramid of victims. So we're going to talk about a few of these names that kind of come up as these henchwomen, And talk about, um, you know, do we think that they were the villains or the victims? Do we think that they were both and what was their involvement? Today's episode is brought to you by Pear Eyewear. And then you wear too. We all wear Pear Eyewear. If you are interested in Pear Eyewear, they are fantastic because they have these eyewear base frames, which start at just $60, and that includes your prescription. And they have a wide variety of these top frames that you can choose to snap out in and off for different occasions based on how you want to look. You could even put a jacket on and then take the jacket off and then change your top frame for that. So no matter the occasion, you have a wide variety to pick from. And if like me, you've got LASIK eye surgery, they have a wide variety of sunglasses on their website as well. And the prices are very reasonable. I got a bunch of them. I got some trendy ones for Instagram, and then I got some more reasonable, classic, timeless ones, which are also fantastic. So if you want to visualize a fantastic new year with Pear Eyewear, go to PearEyewear.com and use the code FLUENTLY for 15% off of your first pair and support the show by mentioning that Fluently Forward sent you in your post-checkout survey. So that is Pear, P-A-I-R, Eyewear.com with the code FLUENTLY. Let's dive into this first topic here of Jeffrey Epstein as a spy and this was something that you know everybody said was he's just a pervert diddler or was there something else going on here I just think it's really really fascinating right we know back when he got that deal in 2007 in Florida where basically Jeffrey Epstein was convicted you had sex with a child basically they tried to say that it was solicitation of a prostitute and Jeffrey Epstein tried to say oh the person lied to me about her age that's what he said which we know is definitely bullshit there was a man he was the U.S. attorney on the case for this Alexander Acosta which by the way 
he gave the sweetest deal ever to Jeffrey Epstein, where he was like, oh, you get like some months in prison, but you get to come in and out of prison. And there's all these names associated with the case that we're going to put away into a special file so they never have to be contacted about this again. Alexander Acosta did that. He then ended up being nominated by Donald Trump as president to be the labor secretary. So this man has like very deeply entrenched in the government. And what he said about this uh, deal with Epstein back in 2007 was, quote, I was told Jeffrey Epstein belonged to intelligence and to leave it alone. So he basically admitted, yeah, he should have gotten a harder deal, but I was told that he was working with the government, so to kind of sweeten up the deal a little bit. And I feel like people glance over that. So what's your take on this sweetheart deal and how you know, the attorney or the former attorney said, basically, he's working with the CIA. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the craziest things about that sweetheart deal is that he was first put in, he had to stay in jail for three and a half months, right, full time. But apparently he would spend the entire time in a meeting room because every day he would call a meeting with Dershowitz. He was also in his own private, like, don't get me started on that guy. He was in his own private wing of the prison itself. And then after three and a half months, they basically said to him, you're allowed go on work leave. And on paper, that does sound crazy. But when you actually look at what he was allowed to do, he was allowed to leave for 12 hours a day, six days a week. Like he just basically slept in jail in his private wing. Like, Mm-hmm. In what world have you ever heard of someone, uh, you know, not only just doing like a sexual crime, but like any of these huge crimes, like getting that kind of level of a, a deal? And then, it, I mean, it doesn't, it never ever surprised me when that whole stuff about any of the rumors came out about him possibly being intelligence. And I guess we'll get into some of the information here on it. But like, when you look at it, I don't so, I don't so much think that he was like, I don't know, deeply entrenched within intelligence. I think that they, I personally think that like they used him and that he used them. It was almost like a sugar daddy deal. It was like this mutually (laughs) beneficial relationship because he was slimy enough to, you know, get to want to get into like bribing people and getting information on people and he wanted power. And obviously these like intelligence agencies wanted either a middleman or someone who basically will do their dirty work for them because they can't get their hands dirty. Um, And yeah, and then when you look at the ties of like Robert Maxwell and everything, it just gets really gray and weird very quickly. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, all of these victims' testimonies and people who just hung out with Jeffrey Epstein, there were cameras everywhere in all of his residences. We even have uh, testimonies from the victims where like one of the victims went to this remote area of the island to smoke a cigarette and Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell famously hated smoking. They hated smoking. They hated tattoos. They didn't even drink that much, which is just like so weird. Like you'll do all these other debaucherous things, but not that. And immediately they would find her and be like, you can't smoke here. So like they had all of these cameras everywhere. And uh, when the house was raided in Florida in 2007, the FBI took all of his computers, like his files, all of these things, and nothing ever happened to it. And people were saying, well, there's obviously videotapes on there. Yeah. And so I think they um, like lost it at some point as well. They were like, oh, the hard, we lost the hard drive or something. There was really weird stuff going on about that, like his hard drives. But then when they... Um, when the CIA and all, or sorry, it wasn't CIA, apologies. It was the FBI that would have come to mm-hmm. his uh, apartment in New York. They like literally got bags of videotapes that they said 
they out and out confirmed that it was videos of people having sex in his house. So it's not yeah. even conspiracy. And I think that's where it, it, it happens so much in this case that like, because it is so almost stereotypically conspiratorial like lore like some stuff can get missed and it's like no that's real like he he did have videos and we don't know who they are of but there were videos taken in his house that he kept and I think he had them labeled of like girl sex or he had some weird ass like (laughs) like way it was literally like girl sex one or like young like it was really like oh you know Um, have you heard uh that story about the guy who worked for JP Morgan Chase very high up and his emails with Jeffy Epstein were recently uncovered and the code name that they were using one was um white wine they kept saying like when this guy comes to the island like make sure to have his white wine ready and they were also using Disney princess names as a code and in an email they would be like Snow White was good last night but let's have a Jasmine ready for tomorrow or like we want like Cinderella we want like three Cinderella's so it's just like so fucked up that like you know like but first of all in the emails you'll do a code but then on the tape you're just like girl yeah. pussy you know yeah, it's like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, weird. young girl having sex with my friends like okay <laughs> Oh my god, it's just like absolutely obscene. Well, let's talk a bit about the um Mossad connection. Yeah. So basically, like I said, we have the CIA is US intelligence, Mossad is Israeli intelligence, you have the KGB, which is like Russian intelligence. Is there any other? Those are like the main three that I'm thinking of. There's a MI5 in the UK. Oh um, yeah. And I mean there's there's so many, but like in terms of uh in terms of like powerful secret uh, intel or not secret intelligence in, in any intelligence, Mossad and CIA would be the biggest. KGB would be that was um, more so in communist Russia, so they they they're not uh, in operation anymore. But um, good old Putin was was one of them, I believe. Well, it's funny how like you associate certain things, right? Like with KGB, I always think like poisoning, assassination, mm-hmm. honeypot spies. With MI5, I think James Bond, a pen that can kill someone <laughs> and a cool car. And with the CIA, I'm always just like red tape bureaucracy. And then with yeah. Mossad, I'm just always like Jeffrey Epstein and Robert Maxwell basically is Fully. what I think of them. Yeah, yeah. So, so Robert uh, Maxwell, he was, he had a very interesting relationship with, Israel like obviously he was a holocaust Which, by the way he uh for anyone who doesn't know he was Ghislaine Maxwell's very powerful Sorry. father yeah yeah really powerful and also a huge con man he uh made loads of money but then he also like spent all of his employees pension funds and he was known as like just a he was just not a liked person he had a really crazy life though like I mean he was a holocaust survivor his parents died in the holocaust I believe he was yeah, a Holocaust yeah. survivor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How young was he? Um, I mean, not that young. He died in the nineties, and he would have been old enough then. Um, so, but his wow, both of his parents okay. died. I think he w- he might have been maybe like I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't know what year he was born in. Um, yeah. but I mean, I think he was probably in his seventies when he died in the nineties. So I'd imagine so. Anyway, um, but he would have then moved to the UK, and obviously he was. I think he grew up in like an Orthodox Jewish home um in Czechoslovakia I believe and he was a big supporter of Israel and uh would have given them a lot of money um and he would have had very which which is not an unusual thing right but what is unusual is that he had obviously given them so much money and been so close to their uh their political system and their uh all of those kind of like 
really it's very strange for like a businessman to be buried in one of like Jerusalem's most prestigious spots he was eulogized by the prime minister of Israel and And also at the time of his death he kind of had a stain on his reputation right because it had come out that he he was conning all of these people Mm -hmm. so it's not like he died as this like very well respected person I think a lot of people were upset with him so it was strange that after his death yeah, he has this like very fancy, prestigious, like VIP burial in Israel, yeah. and uh, a lot a, of like it, Mossad a, agents were there at the yeah, funeral. Huge man, I think it was like it was basically like a state funeral, is how it was described in anything that I've seen of it. It was something that like a former prime minister would have, not someone who doesn't even live in the country. He did not live in Israel. Yes, he was uh, Jewish, and he obviously spent a lot of time there. But it is very strange. Like he was a UK citizen. But yet had this like incredibly like almost, you know, royal level of burial. Um, so and then Epstein also like always denied that he even knew Maxwell. But there's so much evidence that he met Robert Maxwell way before he met Ghislaine Maxwell. And he tries to mm. say it was the opposite. And mm. obviously, once you start like denying these things, that's when people are kind of going, hmm, because Suspicious. There's, it, there's a lot of a lot of um talk and i don't think there's any like outright proof but there's a lot of talk that it's almost one of these like accepted things that robert maxwell was either working very closely with Mossad or giving them information i don't think he was a Mossad agent but he definitely had a lot of links with Mossad. so Mm -hmm. it's 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 a weird one yeah and then a lot of people say right he passed that torch to galane when he died and Epstein kind of like took over some of the work that he was doing. Now, who the fuck knows what that means, right? Like, I'm not going to pretend yeah. to be some sort of like intelligence expert, right? There's mm-hmm. also so many, there's, I feel like there's parts of these intelligence agencies where it is a little creepy and sinister. Mm-hmm. And then other parts of it are like looking at satellites and observing the way that different things move. And, you know, so like, uh, you know, some parts of it are boring. Some parts of it are very nefarious. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Obviously, we could tell which part Epstein <laughs> was a part of. I don't think he was looking at satellite imagery. I think he was honeypotting and diddling, basically. Absolutely. Also, we now have, like, on these logs for over 10 years, there are members of the CIA and different Mossad agents who have met and had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, which mm-hmm. is just like, okay, sure, somebody like Bill Gates can write it off and be like, we were working on philanthropy together. What the fuck was the CIA and Mossad people doing meeting with Jeffrey Epstein? come on now let's get our heads out of our asses you know yeah and so, I think even know. if they were like I think even if uh it was one of those things that like they didn't know for example it is still weird that someone like in the CIA would be meeting with this like billionaire financial manager like why are you mm-hmm. not are you not like a government official why are you meeting with like people who, who manage billionaires money that's very strange and he was like this, I think there's flight logs or rumors of flight logs of him like going to the Pentagon, Epstein, I should say, uh, going to the Pentagon multiple times with CIA uh, agents, like really weird stuff. That's like, even if he was just like a banking guy, it's like, why are you privy, privy to that? You know, why are you like, how can you, just because you have this like uh, reach into billionaires how are you able to like then infiltrate things like, you know, the, like most the secret service? Like that's pretty wild to me. You know, you should be in like yeah. different worlds almost. 
And even though we got the confirmation right in 2007 that he belonged to intelligence, Mm -hmm. this still continues because, you know, I always follow the rule. If you hung out with Epstein before 2008, maybe you get a pass. Anytime after 2008 when he was convicted and had gone to jail as a child fucker, basically, like not to be crass, but like what the fuck were you doing hanging out with him? And his calendar in 2014, so seven years after this, the current CIA director at the time, his name was William Burns. He was the uh, deputy secretary of state, and he had three different meetings scheduled, and I I don't know how many happened off schedule, in 2014. One of the meetings was in Washington, and then two were at his Manhattan townhouse. So, like, he was coming to his house and having meetings with him. That's the weirdest thing. It's like, why are you going to his house for it? And, mm-hmm. like, I, I understand being in a meeting with maybe Epstein and, like, a multiple other people. I don't know. You, maybe you can write it off as some sort of, like, financial who knows what. But it's, like, what business do you have going to this guy's house? As you said, after he has already be- gone to jail. On some, maybe he like, was going um for a magic show, you know? <laughs> David Copperfield and uh, David Blaine were putting on a little show, as they tended to do, at Epstein's townhouse. And the CIA guy was like, you know what? I love close-up magic. I got to Yeah, there. I know. It's like, it just doesn't make any sense. And I think all that this William Burns guy has basically said is like, I didn't know it was a bad idea. And I'm like, well, Google was around in 2014. Like, <laughs> Not I, to like, mention you're the head of the CIA. You're supposed to know what's going on in Taiwan, but you can't use Google to figure out like that this guy was arrested. Don't you have an <laughs> assistant so who like Googles his name when like it's like, oh, a guy called Jeffrey Epstein wants uh, a meeting. Are you free? Who is he? In 2014, like <laughs> I knew what Jeffrey Epstein was doing in 2014, but this I guy know. did, please, please. No, like we need to start just slapping people. Like anytime somebody's yeah. like, I had no idea. You just get hit across the face, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's annoying because these are a lot of the facts that I, I, you know, completely got drowned out by you know, and it's a media thing. Like they're just saying like Kate Blanchett, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. all these people that are, and like that completely drains out the fact that like, we know now the CIA director was meeting with Jeffrey Epstein in his townhouse after he went to jail for soliciting a prostitute, but like, which we all know <laughs> was actually like all of his crimes in Palm Springs, which was one of his like hottest places for these massages. Like he had like an MLM scheme of young girls. Like it was insane. And it gets completely drowned out in the noise of celebrity names and all that other kind of stuff, which is, it is frustrating to see. Like that Aaron Rodgers, like calling out Jimmy Kimmel. Everybody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about the ties to the CIA, which like, I know. We, we know the reason for this. Like the news mm-hmm. media purposely isn't talking about it because I'm sure that they're bought into it too. Not to mm-hmm. sound like a psychopath, but we have proof right back in, uh, what was it? 2005 ABC squashed a story about Jeffrey Epstein that Amy Roback was trying to do. So anyway. Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and it helps to lower your bills. I have loved using Rocket Money for these past few months because not only do they, like they said before, cancel your unwanted subscriptions, they also kind of show all of them in front of you so I'm able to see just how many things I'm subscribed to and which ones I want to take away. They also send great email alerts too. They let you know how much money you're spending every week. It really makes 
makes me feel like I'm just more financially aware of everything that's going on. And especially now that I'm in my 30s, I don't want finance to be something that I'm always just kind of in the dark about. So I've loved having Rocket Money to help keep me aware of what's going on there. So if you want to stop wasting money on things that you don't use, you can cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fluently. That's rocketmoney.com slash fluently, rocketmoney.com slash fluently. You can join their over 500 million users to help save an average of $720 a year in canceled subscriptions. Let's talk a little bit about the temple. Um, One of my favorite parts of the Lord. It is always just, this is, I think, what like got me hooked in on it. Like when I heard that this guy had a temple, I was like, surely not. And then I looked and I was like, oh no. Okay. Yeah. Because you hear about Epstein, you hear about the island, you're like, okay, the island. And then you see a picture of this cube box at the far end peninsula of the island. And a lot of people say it looks like the old Ellen DeGeneres show background, but it's got like the blue and white stripes. There's palm trees around it. There are gold ornate statues of harpies and Poseidon. And if you look closely, there's, you know, like you said, a gold dome at the top. And there's these kind of medieval looking doors on each side of it. But then when you look close up, the doors are painted on and they're not actual doors that you open and close. So a lot of people are like, what the fuck is this temple doing on the island? And like I said, like the minute you say the word temple and Jeffrey Epstein, I feel like, uh, you know, you you think that I'm about to start saying like, and that's where they sucked the baby's blood for blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want to sound like a weirdo, (laughs) but also, um, I think it's completely rational to ask what was going on at the temple and why don't we have an answer? And if the FBI and everybody has gone to this island and uncovered everything, why aren't you telling us what the temple is for? So we're going to go through a lot of different theories about it because there's about four or five good theories. And I think we've kind of settled on one, but I don't know if I believe it. Before we talk about that, what do you think? Like you see that temple from everything that you've looked at. What's your best guess for what the fuck was going on? I I think it was undoubtedly something fucking weird. Um, I think, and it, it'll probably make more sense after we speak with the theories, because I think that's when you can really launch off some crazy speculations. But I think mostly what I have learned by looking into people like Jeffrey Epstein and like we did in our like billionaires blind items episode, like a lot of these people want to be perceived a certain way. And Jeffrey Epstein definitely wanted to have this. He had an air of like, how he wanted to be perceived by very intelligent people. If you don't know anything about Epstein, he started off teaching in MIT. He was teaching maths despite like not having even gone to college himself. He basically like scammed a job out of them. They ended up like firing him because he wasn't any good. But like throughout his career, both in financial management and in being a raging pedophile and human trafficker, he would have these like galas on the island where he would invite like, you know, it's why you do see a lot of these like very prestigious people on the list. Like you see Bill Gates, you see um, Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, like all these people were there. Um, And he would have these like, he'd love to have like a science gala where he'd be like, look how like intelligent I am. And like, I'm a philanthropist and I'm really into, and he really wanted that perception of himself. So sometimes I think the aesthetic. Oh, wait, can I add that one of my favorite things about him was that he didn't go to Harvard, but he had all of the merch. So in all of these photos, he's wearing Harvard sweatshirts and it's like, bitch, you didn't even go there. You just went to the merch store and bought all of this. And he's like wearing Harvard crimson colors. And it's like, you did not go there, but he was always trying to pretend like he did it's also like if you're gonna fake going somewhere like 
It's like the main one. Like, it, like I don't know that much about like American <laughs> universities, but like if I was going like, to fake, I'd be like, I'd, I'd be like uh, Harvard. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's the one that I've heard of the most. Like, choose a more niche one because like that would be a little bit more believable. You know what I mean? Like, Harvard, Maybe he I'm knew like, like, oh, like yeah. yeah, the Princeton orange wouldn't look good on his skin tone. So yeah. he was like, I got to go for that red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I like that burgundy tone. I'm a, I'm a dark autumn. So that suits me better. Um... <laughs> But like, I feel like, yeah, the the temple to me is like, I think it was almost wrapped up in that perception of like, he wanted to be seen as like someone who's like into the classics and like into like mm. European things and like that kind of weird overlap. Um, Like I could definitely see him like having a lot of, in, with his weird art, like I'd say he had a lot of like naked male torsos and na- you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. Um, sometimes it like borders on like fascist kind of aesthetics. Uh, but one weird thing about the island that I just don't see enough people speaking about and I put it in our dog because I like had to remind myself is that like I think it was about two months before he was arrested in 2019 or eight sorry yeah before he was arrested he ordered like all this cement $50,000 worth of cement to the island now people do say that around this time he would have known that like this was coming right you don't really get arrested out of nowhere they usually will let you know or like they have sent letters to your lawyers you know it's very rare that it comes out of absolutely nowhere um also side note apparently he was going around telling a lot of his friends that he was going to move to Israel when he found out he was going to get arrested because he knew that like they would cover him which also makes me to be like mm. you were definitely Mossad because why else would they cover for you like they'd be like bye get out of our country um but <laughs> yeah. yeah so he ordered all this cement and like in my years of like trawling the most disgusting parts of the internet I definitely <laughs> read some crazy theories but like I was into them you know and a lot of people were saying like what was he getting this cement for? Like, was he like filling tunnels? Was he like filling some sort of underground bunker? Um, well, because they didn't make some, they didn't make any new driveways, pathways. They no, didn't no, make no. a runway with the cement. Like yeah. the the cement went there. It was used. You can't see it anywhere on satellite. So people go, well, it must have been underground filling up basements mm-hmm. or levels down there. So like for me, the temple, even if it isn't, you know, a a temple or whatever even if it was like the most pg thing i wouldn't be surprised if there was something underneath it or if it was like a distraction you know like maybe what do we think the odds are that uh the temple was his walk-in closet and he would do get ready (laughs) with me is in there (laughs) it was his content room (laughs) he knew tiktok was going to be huge unfortunately he just did not live that's where he he would stream on twitch in there and he needed it all dark so that way you know the light wouldn't bother (laughs) i know i was thinking of it as well i was like it was in his man cave like did he just have like a ps5 or whatever or ps4 at the time just set up in there so Ghislaine wouldn't be annoying him (laughs) yeah it was his affirmation studio you know it's just like nobody it really technically could have been anything but like the thing with the cement is that a lot of people look at those medieval doors that were painted on and they go well hey is the only way to enter this temple box structure through an elevator downstairs because it doesn't really look like there's you know those doors are all painted on Mm -hmm. um and And i mean nobody knows all painted on too right because from a distance it looks like it's brick and then I, I think I linked you like I've watched and if anyone's looking for a fun rabbit hole to go down you can actually go on YouTube and loads of people have like snuck on the island um, mm-hmm. and some guy goes up to the temple because it was knocked down since right I'm pretty sure and uh, he's it was like, turned that. into um, sorry yeah 
but, but you you go and then I'll tell you what happened to it. Oh afterwards. yeah, so this guy like approached the temple and it like isn't brick. It's like painted on bricks and it's like he was like it kind of feels like plywood so it's kind of cheap as well which I was surprised he cheaped out on the man cave you know <laughs> yeah well the thing is like people wonder what happened to the island now so some guy bought it for 60 million which um I would have thought it would have gone for more because I mean it's a huge fucking island I guess he it's like turning it- a house though that like someone was murdered in or something <laughs> You know what I mean? They're Seriously, like, right? an amazing you get a island. Deal. Finally, one of the islands in the Virgin Islands have come up and he's like, okay, amazing, sell it to me. And they're like, slight PR issue. It was Epstein's. Every inch of it <laughs> is haunted by the most disgusting things you can think of. Well, what's yeah. really creepy is that this guy didn't knock down any of the structures, which like, I'm a little bit woo-woo. I just feel like there's bad mojo there. Hell he yeah. kept all of them, renovated it. The temple is now turned into a place where a DJ can play a set. There's like a stage where the temple used to be. And then there's like a dance floor area in front of it. The pool that all of the orgies used to happen at. Now in satellite and drone imagery, you can see that there's like two inflatable swan floats in it, like the same ones that like Taylor Swift and Calvin Harris used to pose on for Instagram photos. And he's now turned the island into like a resort, which like I understand that it's a good piece of property, but like knock down all of the structures and build them somewhere else. Like who wants to party at a place where girls were getting raped? Like that's just so weird to me. But like it is possibly one of the most grim examples of late stage capitalism that I've ever fucking heard of that it's now like a place to party and I bet somewhere in his fucking twisted billionaire mind this new guy he's like people are gonna want to come here because they're gonna want to snoop around so that's why I'm keeping the structures as they were because people are gonna think they're gonna find something like he's using it as a selling point because there will be voyeurism is a thing and people will and especially rich people because they're the only people I think who are going to get out here will want to be on that island you know dude you know who's going to be the first person there that um is her name Jessica the house and habit chick on Instagram oh my god you know she's going to be like give me the penthouse suite I'm going to like lick the floors like she's fucking creepily obsessed with Ghislaine Maxwell I know she's probably going to live there I haven't gone near her fucking page. Like usually people start sending me her stuff and I thankfully that stopped. I think people have yeah. started to see how crazy she is. Um, but her stuff drives me insane. And did you see on her, because I'm sure she made the same point, did you see Ghislaine Maxwell when asked for a comment <laughs> on all the Jeffrey Epstein stuff? She tried to like girl boss it. She was like, at the end of the day, these crimes were committed by men, but who's in jail? A woman. It's like, Bitch, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Taylor Swift so stands up. She's like, damn right, girlfriend. <laughs> Literally. Solidarity. Like, you fucking idiot. Like, yeah, a woman who set up children to be raped by your boyfriend? Come on now. Don't give me Not that. Not to mention, too, like, you know, different victims say different things, but it seems like Ghislaine Maxwell was participating in this herself as well so how insane do you have to be to like literally have had sex with children and then be like well all the men who did this like what the fuck it's just like personality disorder and and you were like the most insidious part of Ghislaine Maxwell to me is like everyone every woman knows the feeling of like if you're in a situation where there's maybe a guy that you're uncertain of if his wife or his girlfriend walks in, you feel this sense of security because you're like, oh, okay, that makes me feel a bit more safe. Or 
you know, nothing will happen to me around not only his partner, but like another woman and an older woman. So that always freaks me out the most that she manipulated and used that level of authority to put those girls in that situation. Like that, I think just as a girl, um, that, as a woman, I'm a woman now, thankfully, but like <laughs> putting myself back in that feeling of being 14 or 15, I know how secure the presence of like a 30 something year old woman would have made me feel even if I got weird vibes off that guy so that Mm -hmm. always just gives me the biggest ick about her that I'm like the fact that you knew that and used that to manipulate someone is just really dark like that's full psychopathy in my opinion you know that story of one of the victims who um went to a part of the island that she thought that no cameras were on. And even though she knew that the water was infested with sharks, I think it's Sarah Ramon maybe was her name. She was like, fuck it. This is a rape island and I'm going to swim for my life to try to get out of here. And Ghislaine Maxwell got on one of those like jet ski boat things and went after her in the water and took her back. So like just that idea, like to say a girl boss quote like that, knowing that you went after in the water one of these girls who was swimming for her life and was like, I don't care if I die in this water, I have to get away from here. And you brought her back to get raped by Epstein is just like so like, I don't know, like there's some shoes that you can't put yourself in. Like I'll never be able to see things from her point of view. Me neither. And like, even with that house and habit girl, like she will often bring up things like, you know, she had this like tumultuous relationship with her father who was probably some level of sociopath. But it's like, you can, like, I do a lot of, cover a lot of true crime in my podcast too. And like, you can make that argument for everyone. And it does give you context to someone. Like it, it does. Like Jeffrey Dahmer, like all these people who've done unquestionably terrible things. It gives you con- context to how they may have ended up there. But it doesn't like excuse anything. And it doesn't mean that someone shouldn't be expected to go to jail for like possibly some of the most heinous crimes that you can commit, not only against mm. another person, but like against a child. Um, and to continuously do it for years is the main thing, you know? So I don't really understand when people, I understand when people bring it up in a context that like her dad was horrific. And you can look into that in yourself, like uh, anyone listening, there is like a lot of really crazy lore with her. And it is very interesting. Uh, the kind of situation that she grew up in, but also like plenty of people grow up in that situation and don't become a human trafficker. So, you know, it's not- Like the people say, right? Like it explains that it doesn't excuse it, you know? Exactly, exactly. And also another thing- But back to the temple. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll also say too real quick about House and Habit, just anyone who is following her and they're like, ooh, I think she's giving good stuff. You might not have been around when she was in New York at the Ghislaine Maxwell trials, but the way that she wrote about Ghislaine Maxwell- it was like a fan fiction crush that she had on Ghislaine Maxwell. So she would be attending these trials and in her little Instagram story updates, she would be like, ooh, Ghislaine came in. She made eye contact with me. I could tell that she knew who I was even with a mask on and like her eyes pierced my eyes and I could feel the charisma dripping off of her. Like no wonder everybody likes her so much, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, you were writing Wattpad fan fiction about a sex trafficker of children. Like, it's just not good. So anyway, I don't want to tell people who to follow and not follow, but no, I would just say course. like there, there's other people out there, you know? Yeah, anyway. Um, okay. Another thing about the temple too, there, there's a lot of, uh, to be honest, shitty digital camera pictures that have been released because a lot of these photos on the island, right, were maybe taken like 15, 20 years ago. There was this weird statue. I'll be adding tons and tons and tons of photographs over on Instagram um, this week so that we have a visual representation. 
Jenny, are you seeing in this dock? It's a statue of like a man with a hooded cloak and robe on covering yeah. himself. And it's just giving a cult imagery. And it's just like, why would you do that? Like, what's the reason for having all these weird fucking statues on the island? You know, I, I feel like it could have been. I, I really do think Jeffrey Epstein gives me the vibe of someone who would like openly lie and be like, yeah, I'm in the Illuminati. Like, I think he yeah. wants me. I think he wanted other rich people to think that he was in these circles that like possibly didn't even exist. You know what I mean? Like, I think he had this idea about himself. Now, obviously he was doing the darkest shit ever. And for some reason he didn't realize that that would be like enough for them if they were that so way inclined. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like, you traffic the children on your plane. You don't need to have the man in the cloak in an art piece. Like, it's like not only know is you're he a pedophile. Yeah. yeah, he's also he's like, an edgelord. Yeah. Oh, you know? Literally, yeah. <laughs> literally. Um, but yeah, like that... It is weird. It's creepy as hell. But like he he like strikes me as someone who would buy like memorabilia from like Bohemian Grove or something, you know? I mean, he's got the Harvard merch. He's got <laughs> Illuminati merch, you know? He's just a cosplayer and a pedophile. Yeah. So let's get into some of these theories of the temple. So the first theory we're going to start off with is the theory that people say it's a facility for child abuse or sacrifice. And there's a lot of people who kind of talk about the imagery of the temple here. So um, one of the theories that they have is that the blue and white stripes, they say, are representative of the flag of Greece, right? Because they say that like back in the day in ancient Greece, having sex between adults and minors was pretty common. There was a lot of that going on. So maybe that represents it. At the top of the building, there are these gold harpy eagles. And people say that that kind of represents um, in Greek mythology, they would bring people who did evil they would bring them for like retribution and punishment, which is a little bit fucked up because you would think that then the, you know, the rapists are getting the punishment. So I don't know why they would have mm -hmm. them on there. Also at the entrance of uh, the temple, there's one statue of Poseidon. And then there's one statue people think maybe it's of Hades. They don't know who. Um, some people think that the harpies represent the owl, which is uh, <laughs> there's an owl statue allegedly at Bohemian Grove. If you guys know about that, that's a great conspiracy oh, rabbit hole. Yeah, there is one there. There is one. there. Yes. I just don't know if it's Moloch. A lot of people say it's Moloch, which is like uh, he's in kind of old biblical texts, um, New Testament, I think, or Old Testament, should I say. Um, but a lot of people love to like throw him around as like kind of a satanic kind of figure. Um, yeah. What I will say on this is like the 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 classics degree in me comes out. I'm like, there was no such thing. Like, if you're referencing ancient Greece, like Greece wasn't Greece then. They didn't have a fucking flag. Like, like but then again, it could be just like his really stupid interpretation of it. You know, he's like, Greece, yeah. yes. Um, but I think, again, to me, it just comes across as him wanting to have, I feel like this perception was important to him. Like, why do you have Poseidon and Hades? Like, it's like, what the fuck do they have to do with each other? You know, other than just being like this, like, oh, I'm into like classical Greek art and that is where I go out. And even just the fact that it's quite literally fake, like it's not made of brick with these like amazing mm -hmm. wooden doors. Like it's all this like false perception of like grandeur and like education or something. That's kind of what it, the, that's what the, the aesthetic vision of it comes across to me. Personally, yeah but I, could, but I could be wrong 
Maybe, right? It's almost like, you know, like when girls are into like their Pinterest board of like a certain aesthetic. So then they'll go to Target and buy a statue of a Greek bust. But the whole thing about having a Greek bust is that it's ancient and classical and there's history to it. So if you buy it from Target, it's not really the same vibe. But, you know, (laughs) who knows? All right. Theory number two is that um, the temple is a gym. Now, this doesn't really hold up and it actually makes me suspicious. So there is an IT contractor named Steve Scully and he spoke with ABC News. He said he used to work for Epstein. He visited the island more than a hundred times and he said his client Epstein used the building for exercise, right? He's like, it's a colorful building. People call it a temple. It was actually a gym. Epstein would work out there when he was on the island. However, This Steve Scully motherfucker worked for Epstein from 1999 to 2005, and the temple appeared on the island in 2009, four years after he stopped working for Jeffrey Epstein. So you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Steve Scully. That island wasn't even around when you worked for Epstein. Why are you talking to ABC and trying to pretend that it was a gym? I think it's it's not a gym. It's giving like this Steve Scully guy, which A, sounds like a fake name, is being paid by Dershowitz (laughs) to go randomly to the news. Like, why the fuck would an IT contractor contact the news to defend Jeffrey Epstein? Why would they do that? All the way, like on the far peninsula of the island, why would you have a gym be someplace that you have to get into a golf cart to go over to? So, like, if you're going to have a gym on these stunning islands and you're gonna put it on the peninsula like maybe you do want to put it on the peninsula would you not have floor to ceiling fucking glass windows that's what i would do like come on i'm not gonna like make it this weird like wooden like thing that like i mean it's roasting over there like it's like 30 degrees or whatever like that doesn't look like it has air conditioning in it what he's gonna be working it and like no there's absolutely no way um and yeah, yeah the fact that it didn't pop up till then is so suspicious um oh, death to would, steve scully yes <laughs> death to him <laughs> let's find Can't him if you want him to die <laughs> theory number three says that the temple has something to do with ancient egypt and they were saying maybe it's a mausoleum with this type of egyptian theme because the color design their directions of the stripes are very similar to designs in some of these ancient egyptian headdresses they say that the statues look similar to the egyptian god of the sky um then that kind of leads into the theory that it's a burial ground for his parents. Okay. Like I really do not think so. Like this is a theory that people came up with, but I'm sorry. Like I don't think that Jeffrey Epstein was burying his parents on his orgy Island. Um, I've and also heard like anything about his parents, like, and yeah, like in anything I've read about him, he's never been like, Oh, my dad and my mom were so close. Like, so why would he be burying his parents on his pedo island? Like it just makes, he gives me the vibe of like, he let his parents rot in a nursing home and just never <laughs> thought twice about them and probably got their ashes in a like, a, like sandwich bag and just like threw it in the bin. Like it, that just, he just gives me that vibe. He's like, who's that? Oh dad, whatever. Who cares? Like he wouldn't even People also it. say too that like the parents, um, they went to a funeral chapel in West Palm Beach in Florida and then they're in some sort of mausoleum there. So like, that's basically like a false theory, you know? Yeah. Another theory, too, that people kept saying was that it's a music room. 
Okay, so they said that basically uh, a lot of people who are on neighboring islands always said that it was a music room and there is a piano tuner who visited the building in 2012 and he tuned a piano in the temple. Now, this was before the temple was painted blue and white striped, but it was still, you know, the same building in the same area, the same shape. And he said that when he was let inside of the, you know, we'll just call it the temple, the tuner saw this massive grand piano. There was a portrait of Epstein and the Pope. And there were a lot of, um, well, we'll get into the description of what it looked like on the inside. The, he said that the floors appeared to be made of wood and they were covered with a large oriental rug. That there was two levels to the interior. The first four to six feet were at ground level. And then the rest were on this raised platform that you could get to from a single step. On the right, there was this like gray couch or sofa. And I also find it interesting that like these people were so rich, but all the furniture on the island kind of fucking sucked and looked very cheap. So like it seems like that on the inside. There was a desk in there. There were bookcases high enough that you would need a ladder, but there wasn't a ladder in there. There was the piano, um, the pictures, and the interior was only one large room. There weren't any doors or stairwells that you could see that led to anywhere else. And the piano tuner said, even back in 2012, even in the condition that I described it in, it was sort of a temple. When you say lair, there's a connotation to that. When you say study or retreat, there's a different connotation. I would have thought of it as a study or a retreat until I knew more about the man, and then my perception of that room changed from a study to a lair. So we know that at least back in 2012, there was a piano and bookcases in there. So what do you make of that? I honestly think it's like a pedo man cave. Like I genuinely think... <laughs> And like, I, I do genuinely think, I think I could see him and this is just my imagination running wild in all the worst ways. But like, from what I've heard on that island, he would always have like multiple girls. Like there was always like loads and loads and loads of girls there. So I could imagine him like luring someone away or like asking for like private time out there. Like it gives me that. And like also this kind of like idea of like, oh, just come in. It's just my music room. It's just this. It's like, it's all this facade of safety when it's actually very incredibly dangerous um, so it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if it was a lair. I would love to know why he then said it gives me the vibe of that it's a temple. I'm like, to be honest, if what I know now, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, what I know officially about him, it would make more sense for it to be this kind of like sex lair rather than a temple. I'm like, I don't see him as a very like religious man. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. Like, I think he I think the aesthetic part of it was just for him to kind of at a pretense. Um it doesn't surprise me that it was probably decked out like a cigar room or something like that. Uh, mm. But I do think that there could possibly be weirder shit. I think that like, I don't think he would have anything that was really, really nefarious kind of out in the open on the island because he did host all these like galas and talks with like very, like he had this kind of double life. Like he, he did let some people like celebrity wise, I think in on the like really dark shit that he was doing but I think the really, the worst stuff that he was doing, I think, was in a very small group of people that he, who were definitely um, powerful, but that were, he knew they would get down or he had like blackmail stuff on them. So I feel like that kind of stuff was done in places where like his outer circle wouldn't really be aware of it. Because surely if you're on the island, you're going to be like, what the fuck is that temple over there? 
you know and like yeah. he would probably have to open the door and be like oh it's just my music room you know so <laughs> i feel like he he. this is where smarter. i tickle the keys the keys and nothing else <laughs> the only thing <laughs> exactly. tickled, you know like he's not yeah. gonna have like you know a sex slave room out in the open i don't think so anyway you know and though it's like there were three layers to him right like layer yeah. one was uh, i do philanthropy i manage money and i happen to love women layer two was come to my island there's orgies happening by the pool with a bunch of models and then layer three was this is a 15 year old um you know and we're doing shit like this but once it, like so when it comes to the temple i'm with you like talking people off the ledge from conspiracy i would be like look he was leaning into the aesthetic he was trying mm-hmm. to make it seem creepy like he was doing all of that it's stupid but then there's also other shit too where it's like why was it so far away why are mm-hmm. those doors like painted on what happened with the concrete and the cement yeah and some people say you know these are I don't want to sound crazy and I don't want to rile people up or anything, but some people say that he would have parties on the island, girls by the pool, like models, like very like young women, and then the temple and alleged things underground are where like children are basically. And like, mm. who knows, right? This is just like all things that we're hearing. It's just weird. Like, and, and the thing is, it's, I completely understand people speculating on on it because with all of the agencies that have gone to the island, right? I mean, now it's turned into a resort slash like party palace. Why didn't you tell us what was in there? Yeah. What was in there? Until until we know, all we can do is speculate. Yeah, true. And like, that's what's going to happen. And this there, I just would love like a full, I would have loved like, before it was bought by someone like a full tour because I just want to see what it was like in my because I'm I'm thinking of the island I'm like how big was the house on it how like what did it look like um but it wouldn't I think he was very smart in the sense that he like kept those layers very separate like I don't think when like people like scientists and everything were coming to the island I don't think he was also like you know doing business on pleasure and being like and get a few of the girls over like I think he was very smart in what he allowed on the island and when um and I think the island was like also like it helped him with these kind of like double life kind of things because in one way it was way of him like showboating how much money he had that he could own an island like Richard Branson or whatever but on another way it like allowed him to get away with crimes you know so I think it was like it was yeah. a bargain basically he was like oh great two and one you know um but overall I mean well, like, he I'd had still all love of to these know. like he had these creepy uh like frog and boiling water things right so with the victims it would always be come over be my assistant then they would start with a foot rub then the, the foot rub would move to a massage. Then the massage would move to a masturbation massage. Then the masturbation massage would move into sex. Like mm-hmm. they had all these layers. And then I'm sure too, from what it seems like when he was interacting with famous people, it was come by, let's talk business. Oh, next time we talk business, I have my 18 year old girlfriend with me. Exactly. If you're okay with that, then it moves into my 16 year old friend. If you're okay mm-hmm. with that, then it involves you coming down to the island. So like th- they worked in this very nefarious, like, step-by-step like pedo plan basically yeah Um, yeah. it was just he groomed everyone he groomed victims he groomed friends like it was all just this psychotic web of blackmail and illegality and rape basically which are three things i never really want anything to do with so bye yeah (laughs) you know like really the unholy trinity (laughs) literally Today's episode is brought to you by Daily Harvest, and I have loved them for probably about three years now. A lot of people know Daily Harvest for the smoothies that they send you, right? They send you all of this food. They also have pasta, grains, soups, harvest bowls. I have to give a shout out 
to the underappreciated bites, okay, on daily harvest. If you are working from home like me and you get a little bit hangry, but you don't want to have a full meal, these bites in the freezer are so good. They're like these little balls, raspberry and fig bites. There's banana and cacao ones that literally taste like chocolate chip cookie dough. And I also really love their lattes too. Um, you can get frozen lattes in these single serve pods. You warm them up underneath the sink, then you put them in, you mix it up with some milk. It's really good. I mean, the smoothies, the harvest bowls, everything's great. But honestly, like I go crazy for those bites and I go crazy for those lattes. So if you want to check out Daily Harvest, say yes to healthy habits without the hassle with Daily Harvest. You can go to dailyharvest.com fluently to get up to $65 off of your first box and free shipping for a limited time only. That's dailyharvest.com fluently for up to $65 off your first box and free shipping dailyharvest.com slash fluently. Well, let's, uh, we'll finish off here with like some of the villains and victims, right? So the, the names we have here, we did a mini episode about Sarah Kellen. So we've talked about her. We also have Sarah Ransom. We have Nadia, uh, Marcinkova, who I'm very interested in and mm. Emmy Taylor. And the rundown on kind of all of these people, and then we can do a little bit more on them. Emmy Taylor was Ghislaine Maxwell's assistant. And she comes up a lot in this new 900-page drop. A lot of the girls are referring to her, seeing her in the house. She scheduled the massages. She would do some of the massages with the girls. Ghislaine Maxwell would allegedly call Emmy her slave to the victims. Um, She has sued Julie Brown of the Miami Herald uh, over her book because Julie Brown said she organized the massage schedule for underage girls that were trafficked to Epstein. And Emmy says, no, I didn't. And also, I wasn't even living in Palm Beach at the time. Every single victim in these newest depositions says otherwise. Um, She's got curly hair. She's got like a cute face. You know, she's obviously a little bit older than the victims. What are your thoughts on Emmy Taylor? Yeah, I hadn't heard too much about her before uh, kind of looking into her today. She, I mean, it's just like there's, there's a thing with the Epstein case, and I can understand why people get so kind of jaded by it, because there's just so many names that get thrown around, right? And it's really hard to um, distinguish, like, and to kind of make your mind up about certain people. Because as I said, and you've said as well, like, Epstein had this, like, it was like, uh, it was literally like a an MLM of human trafficking, because he would get girls in, he would end up, you know having them, like raping them, having all these like horrific, like sexual encounters with them. And then he would offer them and say, well, if you don't want to do this with me anymore, I'll pay you twice as much to find someone else. So he would use that. And it's a really, it's a weird moral gray area because obviously on one hand, you have these people that were involved in this level. And like a lot of the girls we're going to talk about now were involved in this level, but they also hurt people. Um, And, you know, from everything that I've read around this, it's, it's very common within any of these kind of like, human trafficking rings or abuse rings or cults even like that happens when you're involved in a cult you will be hurt and you will hurt people um so it's really strange like it's weird getting her called a slave and did she yeah i don't know and i don't know if you know did she like testify or anything in Ghislaine maxwell's trial um has did she have any involvement or is she just being like in her own world she's one of the people that just plead the fifth plead the fifth plead the fifth to everything like I mean, I wonder what she knows. And I wonder, like, it would be interesting to hear from these people at some point, you know? But I guess you want to make sure that they're people that you want to hear from. That's the weird thing. Yeah. It's like, on one hand, I want to know what they know. But then it's also like, but what did you do? It's it's a really hard thing to make your mind up 
on I feel because yeah you know it, even with like people like Virginia Jeffrey who obviously like I believe everything she said she's you know very believable but it's like then you hear that she got all the other girls but then I hear specialists say you know stuff which is completely legitimate that like unfortunately that's part of it like when you are groomed you're you're not groomed to be your normal person you're groomed to also act like them and act terribly and hurt people you know so mm-hmm. it's just a really complex system and unfortunately a lot of the people that end up paying the price are people like Virginia who put their name out there and not people like like Elaine Maxwell didn't get half as much hate as she did which is crazy (laughs) which is insane and yeah like these are almost uh, you know Emmy Nadia and Sarah Kellen are like kind of the three horsemen of the apocalypse here but like it's just so hard to tell. So, so the next, let's talk about Nadia. Cause yeah. I, I'm very fascinated by her. Um, we're going to be dropping over on Instagram this week, all the pictures of Nadia on the Island. So she's this beautiful Slavic blonde woman. And she, the rumors are that she was brought to the U S from Slovakia by Epstein in 2001 when she was 15 years old. And he would refer to her as his sex slave. But a lot of these victims in the testimony say that she was Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend. And what Mm. we find out in the latest document drop is that there were a few years, like two to three years, where Ghislaine Maxwell wasn't really with Epstein in Florida, but Nadia was. And it seemed like when Nadia came onto the scene, Maxwell left. And Nadia was almost, a lot of the girls referred to her as Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend. And Mm. even when Jeffrey Epstein was in jail in Florida in 2008, she visited him over 90 times. They think that it was over like 50, 60 times because her full name was in there, but then her last name was spelled a little bit differently for another 40 times. So she was like with him even after he was, you know, whatever. Um, Another interesting thing about her is that then she got her pilot license. She had this whole thing where she was called Global Girl and she had some sort of CEO of like an aviation company And it seems like she had a relationship with Epstein for like 15 to 20 years. Like his brother worked in real estate and was paying for her apartment for 15 years. Um, She has basically been missing from, she was living on the Upper East Side for a bit. Nobody's been able to find her for years now, but she was like on the island visiting and him in jail. Like, I think that she's one of the girls that has had the longest relationship with him. What what are your thoughts on Nadia? I know, I I feel like, the whole like him bringing her over from Slovakia really makes me wonder what their relationship was like, you know, that she was brought over when she was a child, probably, I mean, I'm going to guess exposed to money that she has never been aware even fucking existed, never mind being around. And for some reason, I don't know the, and it's such a small thing, but her now being a pilot and, having a CEO position at this like aviation company I don't know why but that like screams weird to me like it screams like Jeffrey Epstein put her in pilot school or something like you know what I mean like he wanted like someone who could fly him around or like a girl on the plane who could also like he could explain why she was with him or again another female there to make other girls feel safe or something and I feel you know, not to And they take would away. do, by the way, a, a lot of, um, not to get graphic, but they would do a lot of threesomes together where allegedly Nadia would oh, be wearing okay. a strap on, Jeffrey would be watching her with the other girl. So like she was definitely involved in this idea of like, oh, well, I'll do it together. Like I'm with you. And I'm, that's not to say that she's not like a victim, but um, she definitely was used in that position of like, oh, this is Jeffrey's girlfriend. Yeah. Just kidding. You're not safe either. You know? I think there's just like a lot of like, 
gray areas with this case, you know, and it exposes it. And I think that's a good thing because it just shows you that like someone who is taken from a country when they're 15 to come live with this billionaire, you end up becoming his girlfriend. You probably are exposed to this life. That's amazing. You're groomed into the, into the normality and accepting these kind of sex slave things to be normality because it's all she's known. And now you're in a country where like your family's not there Obviously, she's been there quite a long time now. You're there 20 years or whatever. But maybe, who knows what he has on you? You're probably terrified. Are you Mm -hmm. even a citizen of America? Like, you know, does he hold something on you that now you're like kind of indebted to him? Or is it just even just this a psychological um, kind of Stockholm syndrome? You know, like if you are made believe that you're his girlfriend when you're really young, you're kind of made believe that he maybe like cared for you or loved you in some capacity And then you are like just in in love with your abuser. Like that's not the first time that's ever happened. And it's not to take away, by the way, on any severity that she may have caused people. I haven't looked into a lot of her, but um, it just it just reminds me of a lot of the women that are involved in this case, especially when you're taken away at like 15. It just it's it's so complex. And I think it's really hard to give like a definitive answer on like they're good, they're bad. I think it shows the complexity of people and just how damaged I think at the end of the day it's just like yeah like 15 year olds shouldn't be allowed move country to a 50 year old man's mansion yeah you know like and then we could possibly like there's a little bit of a difference here where like I would say out of these girls right like Emmy Taylor and Sarah Kellen lock them up because they started as assistants they were scheduling these massages it's just Mm -hmm. like insidious shit Someone like Nadia or Virginia Jufre, they came in as a victim. They were abused themselves and then mm-hmm. they participated in stuff. So I feel mm-hmm. like if you're coming in as an assistant versus you're coming in as somebody like a victim, I don't know. Like you said, it's all a gray area. Um, and we're, I know we're coming up on time here. So I guess the last, what are you going to say? Sorry, I was actually just going to ask. I don't know if you know or not. With Sarah Callen and uh, mm. the first girl, Emmy, were they adults when they started working for him? I believe they were. Were they or were they... You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. where it all comes yeah. into They were me. definitely like, over the age yeah, of 18. Exactly. Like that to me is just like, yeah. okay, you might be young, but like, come on, you're not a child. Uh, yeah. But this girl, like Sarah, Sarah Ka- Nadia was a child. Yeah. But um, Emmy Taylor was actually a little bit <laughs> hit the wall. <laughs> she was like, she was one of the oldest ones. Like she might've been like, I don't know, 25 when she came on board okay. or something versus Sarah Kellen, I think was like in her young twenties. Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Babbel. If you are looking for the best way to learn a language, and obviously immersion is not possible for any of us, you can try Babbel to learn a new language. I know everybody here who listens to Fluently Forward speaks the Fluently Forward language, which basically means that as you're reading tabloids, uh, very much in love equals PR relationship. Dehydration and exhaustion equals This pop star can't do the concert because they are hungover. But if you are interested in learning a new conversational language, you should check out Babbel. I have been loving using Babbel because it really helps you to learn real life conversation skills. It does not... I just remember being in Spanish classes in high school and conjugating nouns and verbs, but I had no idea how I could actually speak to another person in Spanish. You get the opposite of that experience with Babbel. It's fantastic. They even have studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others that prove that Babbel is better. And one study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester of college. They have over 10 million subscriptions sold, and their 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. 
So we have a special limited time deal for our Fluently Forward listeners. Right now, you can get 55% off of your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash fluently. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash fluently. That is B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash fluently. Rules and restrictions may apply. A question that I want to ask you real quick, because I was thinking, um, you know, Nadia, now that Ghislaine is in jail, now that Jeffrey Epstein is dead, you know, why don't these people come out and say things? And, I, you know, I know, I know why not. Jeffrey Epstein would strategically put pictures of himself with the Pope, with Bill Clinton, everywhere. He would say all the time, I have powerful people. You're probably still scared absolutely shitless mm. until you die. One of these women, which we're going to talk about, Sarah Ransom, she moved, what was it, 47 times, 47 different times after she, um, left Epstein. You know, these, these women are terrified. That being said, I'm going to sound like a psycho, but I'm saying it anyway. Do you think Jeffrey Epstein is dead or do you think he's still alive? For a while, I was like, maybe he faked his own death, but I, I do think he's dead. Like I, I flip flop between it. Like sometimes when I'm feeling real freaky, you know, I like to fuck with the theory. I mean, the one image that always <laughs> sticks out to me and it's, I think, you know what I'm going to say. It's that ear yes, picture. It, I have I'm the sorry. same one. It's like anytime I it's look at him that, right I'm in like, the body bag, but it unzipped. Yeah. Well, the fact that that happened in the first place is really fucking weird. Like, you did not see Michael Jackson's body. You didn't see all these, like, why the hell did we see his fucking body being wheeled out of the prison? That's really weird. He wasn't in a body bag, he was on just a stretcher. And to basically, like, yeah, so to, to like, summarize it for people who aren't as into sorry, this yeah. as we are, when he was being wheeled <laughs> when he was being wheeled out of the jail after he died, he was on a stretcher in a body bag. And those body bags fully fucking zip up all the time, 100% mm-hmm. of the time. That's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. You don't need a little shoulder peak coming out. When they were wheeling him out, not only A, were there photographers who were able to catch a picture of it, which is also weird, but B... His face, it was unzipped down to his neck so that way Mm. people could see his face, which like I understand some people might be like, oh, well, they were doing that to prove that he's dead. Dude, so many famous people have died throughout the years. Not a single person ever has had their body bag unzipped to show their face. So I think it's really weird that they did that to be like, see, he's dead. And then people, of course, were zooming in on the ears and being like, the ear is different. The nose is different. They killed a hobo and said it was just because they're also like the ear, like your ear cartilage doesn't change like the the shape of it or whatever I guess but um I think I think it could go either way I think like you know you could go into the whole like oh maybe he his death was faked or something or it could go into it like you know he was suicided and killed and they were like they wanted to be like see we fucking got him in jail so but I, I think ultimately my mind is made up that I do think he's dead because I think Ghislaine Maxwell would have like sold his soul out <laughs> if she had any <laughs> info like I think she would have used it because like that bitch does not want to be in jail like she wants to be on a yacht somewhere <laughs> like she has had it I'd say like imagine this like you know all of the abuse aside like the fact that your ex-fucking-boyfriend who never even liked you in the first place now you're serving time for him like because if he went to jail like she probably wouldn't have like I could have seen her like testifying against him or something like she's slimy like she would she absolutely 100% would have taken a plea deal or something and gotten gotten a sweetheart deal to get him 
behind because they would have come after her of course that's why she, you know in the documents we saw an email from her and mm-hmm. it was kind of like grim and foreshadowing she was like I really don't want to be wrapped up in any of this and it's like wah, wah. like <laughs> you're the only one serving time for it um, so mm-hmm. I, I do think I do think he's dead like I, I do now think he's dead but there was a period of time where I was like the air <laughs> I would say that I 90% think okay. that he's dead. Like if, if I was a betting woman, I would bet that he's dead. But I don't, oh my God, did you hear Megan Kelly, what she said recently? No, 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 no. <laughs> On her show, she was like, Epstein, blah, blah, blah. She's like, and I can tell you personally that we are going to be hearing from Epstein directly <laughs> very soon. But like, obviously I'm sure it's just like an old deposition video oh, or something. Yeah, but everybody yeah, was yeah. like, he's alive and he's in <laughs> Israel, you know? <laughs> so like, yeah. Well, if he's in the owl statue, I mean, he's, 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 he's painted gold and he's been posing as Poseidon for you know, three years on the island. I mean, and then he's going to pop out. There is like, I mean, there is stuff uh, earlier, uh, like when we were talking earlier on about him possibly being Mossad, like, as I said, he did before he got arrested the most recent time, like he was talking to people, apparently he was saying he was going to move to Israel um, and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, there are a lot of, uh, there, there are, there's an ex Mossad agent who has been basically said that like Robert Maxwell because he died in very suspicious circumstances as well that he basically was killed by Mossad because he was kind of becoming a bit of a liability and there's a lot of talk that apparently Jeffrey Mm. Epstein was really disliked by Mossad toward the end because he was not only like bragging about all these connections that he had with them and with the state of Israel and that they would basically kind of have him but also he was kind of talking about how because this is what I think he used his connections with Mossad for he apparently had like a lot of control over a lot of these smuggling operations of like drugs and diamonds which would make sense as to how he had so much fucking money because no one really knows how he had so much money um so apparently people were getting they were getting worried about that and then also with him getting fucking arrested they were probably like right let's let's get rid of him um so I would think that more so than him faking his death I think someone got to him personally god the biggest question right is like who killed him I love the visual of Hillary Clinton going in and squeezing his neck between her thighs so that way he dies or the queen of England you know backhanding him (laughs) or you know Donald Trump you know knuckling him like there's so many people who could have wanted him dead it's just like there's probably one out of 12 all right well should we end here the last Mm -hmm. person here with um Sarah Ransom. So she was a victim of Epstein's um, in those pictures I've seen, right? The the digital camera pictures of the island. There's a picture of her in a towel on the island. She definitely was there. She is a victim. She was in the Filthy Rich documentary. She had her hair like red mm-hmm. at that time. But then when she was in New York, it was short and black. Mm-hmm. But it is the same woman. Um, she kind of got a little bit of the Virginia Jewfree treatment because it seems like there was something that she had kind of lied about where in an email, she had said that, she, you know, a friend of hers, unnamed, had had sexual intercourse with Clinton, Prince Andrew, and Richard Branson, and that these encounters had been filmed by Epstein. She had seen the sex tapes, but then she later admitted that that was a lie, and she basically just said that because she wanted Epstein to think that there was, like, a protection around her, that she had evidence, so that way if she was harmed, she wouldn't be hurt. Um, so then a lot of people said that, like, you know, she's not a credible witness, even though she's definitely a victim. There's goddamn pictures of her on a towel in the island. But I could 
And it's also hard because like when someone lies, like, you know, you do have to take everything they say a little bit suspiciously or look at it from different angles. But also like I, I would be scared shitless, too, if I was a victim. I'm sure I'd say something to try to protect myself. You know, I don't think she was lying. Um, I'm going to say it. I don't <gasps> think it was a lie. I think I think she was telling the truth because she basically said I made this up to protect myself. But like if it was a lie, Epstein would know it was a lie. So why would she say it? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I think it was more of a, like, her saying something for Epstein to be like, fuck, I don't want that out there. And I think that maybe he got to her. And that's why, because there's an email where she basically says, I'm going to retract everything I say and I want to walk away from this. It's not worth it. Um, I'm just going to create pain for my family. And I'm like, I don't know. You've already done it. So you may as well keep going. Um. And I I personally, I just think that like they got to her and she was probably in a weaker state because these are all obviously from this deposition, which was what about six years ago or so it was before he died. Um, So I think that she was in a weaker state of mind then. So I think that it's true personally, but I think she wasn't able to prove it. I think that she maybe bluffed a little bit by saying that she, because she said that like there's these videos that it's a girl she knows and that she could have access to the videos. I think that was a lie. I don't think she had access to the videos anymore, but I do. And I think maybe she didn't see the video, but I do think that she knows it happened. Like I think that some, a girl, her friend probably told her that it happened, but she just didn't have concrete evidence. So then when like push came to shove, she kind of had to retract everything. That's my personal theory. Yeah, I could see that. Now, what's this that you uh, dropped in here from some research? It says a couple of months later, her friend was allegedly, quote, approached by secret agent forces men sent directly by Hillary Clinton herself in order to protect her presidential campaign in 2008. She alleged that the friend was given a substantial payout directly from the Clinton Foundation to keep her quiet. Yeah. So this is something else that she alleged in her email. So it's part of what she retracted. So, But again, it's so specific. I don't understand why she'd throw that in there. Like surely saying that her friend had sex with Bill Clinton when it was a child is enough, you know, to then also go in and say all this detail that like then her friend got like a, a payout from the Clinton Foundation. Like there are loads of rumors of the Clinton Foundation being involved in all sorts or just at least being like a money laundering kind of operation. And um, we also do know, as far as I'm aware, that like this wouldn't be the first time that the Clintons have paid off people to not say anything about them. You know, like, I think that's fair enough to say. I mean, I think all politicians do that, by the way. Um, So I don't know. I I think that, I think a lot of what she said is almost too specific. Why name those three people? What, you know, there's a lot in there that I'm like, "Mm." it's always struck me as like, I think there was a, a shred of truth to it, but maybe when push came to shove, she couldn't back it up. So she had to retract everything, you know? And to me, I could see her lawyer being like, okay, so where's the evidence if we're going to have to pull this evidence out? And then she's going to have to be like, oh, actually, sorry, I don't have it. And he's like, okay, you know, can't really help you if you're good. Cause it's like, it's like a, a truth wrapped in a lie, right? Like maybe she knows it happened. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure there's so much stuff that the victims know happened, but they could never come out and say, cause they can't prove it to be true. Um, and like she said, it's it's kind of if that girl who it happened to, if she wants to allege it, then fine. But it's not really her place to make official, you know, yeah, come out and accuse give people. It away. Yeah. So I mean, there is evidence of this. It's just that it's in the hands of the FBI, and the girls don't have it. And even when they do, Virginia Jufre herself, with the picture of her and Prince Andrew, and even then he goes, 
it's not a real picture. It was doctored, blah, blah, blah. It makes you want to slam your head against the fucking wall to be like, I actually have a picture of myself as a child with you. And that's still not and enough. Which, which you know? by the way, didn't that House and Habit woman also co- She was co-signing that theory for a while. She was co-signing. I the fo- hate her. <laughs> she was fully co-signing the like, and I remember looking at it being like, is she? Like, you know, when you're kind of like, am I picking up? Like, is she showing this? Because it's a crazy theory, but it was like, and she did this it was a quite a conniving thing where she like i screenshot it from someone else's story or something i think it was that lady harvey woman um and she was saying like oh it's doctored and everything but it's like okay but there's also other photos from another night at naomi campbell's birthday party where you can see Ghislaine maxwell there you can see virginia jeffrey wearing that same child same fucking outfit and she looks at the little girl like she looks like a little girl and you know, so it's like, okay, yeah, that photo's fake. But like, Jesus Christ, the the, t- the night that she alleges they had sex, you can see her at the party that she claims she was at, which she would have flown to to get to, which is trafficking. Like, and she was underage. Yes. Like, you can't lie about the year the, it was. The house and habit woman, like, she just has this urge to when in doubt, like, whether it's the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case, whether it's Army Hammer and his victims, whether it's fucking Ghislaine Maxwell and Virginia Jufre, she's like, what if... I only reported this from the angle of the female victim being the problem and being the liar. And it's just like, if you really have this investigative curiosity urge to get to the bottom of things, why the fuck are you always going for that angle? It's just like so absolutely insane to me. Not to mention like... Ghislaine is like in jail for trafficking. There's like hundreds of victims. Like, th- like I understand sometimes you want to be like the contrarian devil's advocate yeah. edgelord. I think it's one of the worst personality traits. But like if you want to be that way, fine. But to do it about like child girl trafficking rape is just like so fucked up. You know what? Everyone, <laughs> everyone block her. <laughs> I take, yeah, it, take back. it back. Like, <laughs> I just think she's like. I forgot about that, how she said that, yeah, yeah, that she was like, I think the picture might be doctored. And it's like, it's her holding up like an actual physical picture of it that was taken back in the day. This isn't some sort of deep fake from 2022. Exactly. Like, and like, there was just, there's enough evidence to show that she was around that. Like, and it's not like that photo is her naked with Prince Andrew. Like, there's enough plausible deniability for him to go, oh, I didn't know who she was and all that kind of stuff, you know? Like, it, it, yeah. it, it builds up you know, it's it's a small brick in a big like building of evidence. But like, so I don't know. Under I don't understand like why you go out of your way to like doctor that picture. Surely, if you're gonna doctor a fucking picture, it'd be something a little bit worse. Personally, I would believe it wouldn't just be like her standing beside him awkwardly. You know, it doesn't really prove anything. Yeah. Obviously, it like you know in the context it does well then his interview kind of proved it i don't sweat <laughs> i was at the pizza parlor that night it's like oh my god like th- there's your evidence like look at him in the fucking interview literally, you know literally like it's it's wild god well as we wrap up here apparently there's going to be more documents dropped january 22nd i believe um i don't think like anything crazy i'm going to cover the last 400 pages over on patreon i did the first pages one through 200, then 200 through 455. If anyone wants to read it, I know 900 pages seems like a lot, but a lot of them are emails, um, just like the dates of it that you can scroll past. I would say maybe a 10th of all of the pages are just like big font saying like, this is about to be a deposition. So I suggest, I don't know, pour yourself a cup of coffee and read it. Um, My favorite thing to do with it is um, just search people's names in it. That's what I was doing. I yeah. love doing that. Like if there's someone that, if you're wondering the context, 
literally just like you can command search and put their name in it'll pop up all the times that it comes up and that's a really easy way to kind of getting what you want out of it because I know it, it does seem like intimidating and some of it is just like boring but I think all of the as far as I'm aware everything that's being unsealed is just part of this lawsuit so it wasn't a criminal trial mm. it's like depositions and it's stuff that we know was already settled and all that kind of stuff there is there's interesting stuff in there but like I don't know Oh, dude, even the nugget about how one of the bedrooms, the north bedroom in the bathroom, they had penis and vagina shaped soap. I'm just like, what the fuck was up with these people, know. you know? So like, you know, even if it's not like a specific, even if it's not the name, like Jimmy Kimmel did yeah, this, yeah, you know, yeah. like it's, it just lends itself more to the story and you'd really just get like a deep, Jeffrey Epstein would have an erotic massage three times a day because he thought it was in his biological nature, just like three meals a day. Like these people were just really fucking sick. So it's, it's yeah. just insightful to get a more well-rounded picture of this because then when people are associated with him, you're thinking to yourself, of course you weren't friends with this man. He was getting jerked off three times a day and there were always young girls around him. So there's no way you could yeah. have just been his friend. So yeah, it, it, yeah, it all yeah. kind of leads and kind of builds on itself. Yeah. Um, lore. yeah so we'll see. God, well, Jenny, one of these days I'm going to have you on for just like a fun celebrity gossip episode and we're not going to talk about anything. But like it'll still go there. Or awful. It will still fucking go there, I bet. Because well, I want to have you on for a Lana Del Rey episode because oh, yes. I know you're such a Lana stand. But then I'm like, but then, like her relationship with Harvey Weinstein comes into play. You know what I mean? Like, but it's so But one day we're going to do just like a fun. You know, I mean, like, it it is, unfortunately, it? like, and it's why I host the podcast that I do. It's like my mind just always I just love the dark places like and it's not even that I you know it's like I, I read it and I'm like why am I reading this but unfortunately I'm yeah. not I'm not so much of a uh candy you have Scorpio in your chart right I'm, I'm Scorpio so yeah I'm, yeah I know it's so so stereotypical <laughs> <laughs> but it's true um but yeah no Atlanta's all right I mean I would even love to talk about that Harvey Weinstein stuff because wow what a what a weird overlap. It's brilliant. Maybe we'll do a Lana and Harvey episode Absolutely. then. You know, that could be a fun yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you for coming on. And I know you guys already listened to Red Room, but go check out Red Room if you don't already. Your Patreon episodes, I'm literally about to go listen to it after we end this because I want to know what's going on with shadow people and doppelgangers. And for everyone else, um, patreon.com slash fluentlyforward if you want the deeper dive on all of those 900 pages. And for everyone else, we will see you next week for a public episode of Fluently Forward. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. <laughs>